0: What can stand against? What can stand against? Beautiful is the name, beautiful is the word. Wonderful is the name, wonderful is the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The more you take hold of the word in your heart, the more you take hold of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus wants to dwell richly in you as we allow his word to dwell richly in us. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Well, you all can be seated. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're here today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you joined us on live stream, thanks for joining in with us. If you're listening on podcast, thank you for tuning in. We're so grateful that we have the opportunity and the privilege to share the Word of God. Because the Word of God is good. Amen? Amen. Amen. There is nothing like the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you ever have opportunity to share uh, live stream... And just to let people know in your sphere of influence about live stream. uh, And just let them know on social media that they can tune in and they can listen. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you can open up to uh, Mark chapter (laughs) 4. Thank you, Jesus. We've actually been talking about financial things over the last few weeks, and we started talking about the tithe, the basic operations of the kingdom, and the importance of the tithe, and um, last week we were talking about giving where you belong, that God sets you in places and connects you even with ministries and, and things that He's doing around the world, and we, have to, we should give where it is that we belong, that we need to know who our company is. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? right? And today I want to talk to you about removing limitations. Yeah. You know, limitations, removing limitations is not only in the financial realm. Mm-hmm. Now, you can listen to it in the financial realm, but it's also removing imit- Im, uh, limitations in your health. Mm-hmm. Is your health good enough? Yeah. Is good enough good enough? Oh. You know, so removing limitations, removing limitations and issues and problems within your relationships, removing the limitations of being able to step out, the limitations of timidity and breaking those barriers. Amen. There's a lot of things that need to be broken in our life because the devil has done a good job of developing these things in our life. And this is why when we say things like, well, bless God, that's just the way I've always done it. Well, you're doing it the devil's way because the devil's the one that's developed those things in you. And we need to get on God's program. God's program will remove limitations from us. So here in Mark chapter 4, let's read verses 26 through 29. And guess what? I'm not going to say anything new to you (laughs) that you haven't already heard. But um, we need to get it out of your head and get it into your heart. That's where it needs to make that move. It's 18 inches, 18 inches out of your head and into your heart where it will become a force in your life yeah. rather than just a theory in our mind. Right. Amen. Amen. It says in verse 26, and he was saying, the kingdom of God is like. So when he says the kingdom of God is like, it's really important to pay attention because he's going to tell you what the kingdom of God is like and how the kingdom operates. Yeah. You know, if we're in the kingdom of God, it's important to know how the kingdom operates so we can operate correctly within the kingdom. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. The soil produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Praise God. The seed of the word of God is cast and then it sprouts. How does that happen? You don't know. So stop thinking about it. (laughs) Stop trying to figure it out. Stop wasting your time and your effort in trying to figure all this out and spend your time and effort in the things you're supposed to do. Amen. He's telling you what the kingdom of God is like, so stop trying to figure it out. Just do what he says. We don't know how it sprouts, but one thing we do know, for the kingdom of God, this is normal. This is why when you talk to people about this stuff, they're like, what are you talking about? That's not right. Well, it's not right for the world because they're a bunch of selfish, stingy, hoarding up people. Okay, (laughs) never mind. But it's right in the kingdom of God. So if you're not in the kingdom of God, Jesus said it this way. Unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom. And unless you're born again, you can't enter into the kingdom. So there's a blinder over people that's not in the kingdom. They can't see this. They think this is ridiculous. And there's even a lot of Christians that think it's ridiculous because they never learned it. They never operated in it. They never proved it. But this is normal Operate The kingdom of God is like, and this is normal operation. So how does it sprout? We don't know. It's normal not to know. You know, you don't need to know everything. Right. Right. Have you come across that revelation? Not only don't you need to know everything, we don't know everything. But what we do know is what we're supposed to know according to the word of God. Now, what happens a lot is our mind wants to dissect the seed of the Word of God and looking for the manifestation of the promise. It's like having an acorn and ripping the acorn open and looking for a little oak tree. Is there an oak tree in that acorn? No, there's no oak tree in that acorn. You show me. Don't tell me yes. Show me the the oak tree. There is no oak tree in an acorn. But what's in the acorn is the life that can produce an oak tree. So we want to dissect the word like the acorn and looking for the manifestation of the promise or looking for the tree instead of looking at the life within the seed to produce the manifestation. The life is in the seed. Amen. We'll pull the seed up out of the ground, we'll look it over, or it never gets in the ground because we're so preoccupied with searching for the manifestation, and the soil cannot produce of itself. The soil produces of itself, isn't that what it says in 28? The soil produces of itself. So what grows the seed? I think it's in verse 28. What grows the seed? The soil, is it 20? Yeah, there it is. The soil produces crops by itself. So the soil produces the harvest. Not your mind, not trying to figure it out, not trying to find it, not getting tired or waiting for it. Nothing's going to do it. Only the soil can produce it. What is the soil? The human spirit. The human spirit, not your attitude, not your personality, not like, you know, oh, the spirit of America. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. We're not talking about the restaurant that says, come on in, there's good spirits in here. There ain't good spirits in there. We're talking about the human spirit, the entity, the child of God, the human spirit. Isn't that right? Your human spirit is programmed to produce results. We put the seed, which is the word of God, into the soil of our human spirit and keep it there if it is going to produce. The soil will produce the manifestation all by itself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, obviously, okay, let's not get crazy here and think, oh, you're, you're doing it yourself and you're not saying God. Excuse me, who set this whole thing in, pro, into motion? God set this into motion, so it's obviously of God. God has produced it by his power and said, this is the way that it works. The kingdom of God is like, okay? So you either get on the sovereign program of God, or you go off on your own and go, eh, that don't, that's, no, that's not the way it is. So you either get on God's program or you don't. And, in, you know, many times in order to do that, you've got to get off your tradition. True. Acceptance of the word of God in the human spirit, the soil, does its job. Keep the seed in the soil Amen. and it will produce of itself. How? We don't, know. don't know. We don't know. It's just programmed yes. to do it by the power of God. And the soil does its job. Yes. Amen. Amen. You know, I do... Uh, When I do accounting, we got a spreadsheet, and in spreadsheets, you know, you can put numbers in and then it adds it up, adds it all up. doesn't matter if you have two numbers, if you have 15 numbers, if you have 50 numbers. The spreadsheet will just add up all those numbers across and give you the total. So what I do is I input the numbers. They could be four-digit numbers, five-digit numbers have decimal points, and all that other stuff, and I just put in number after number after number, and the program adds it all up for me. What did I do? I Put the numbers in, right? The program is like the soil, and the programmer of the program is like God. God has programmed the program so that the program will produce the answers that you need if you will put the numbers in. So it's not like I've worked anything. I put numbers in. That's all I did. I didn't work. I didn't like, oh, look at that. I added that up. It didn't add nothing up. You hit a button and boom, it added it all up for you. I can see a lot of you are not spreadsheet users. You don't know what I'm talking about. The computer, it just does the programs. The programs and the computer produces the results that you need. I didn't work anything. I put numbers in. So if I get a wrong answer, what's the problem? I probably put the wrong number in. Oh, no. I did everything I was supposed to do. I did everything right. That thing gave me the wrong answer. You piece of junk. You know how that goes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's not the program. It's the inputter. And that's the way we are many times with God. Well, I did this. I did that. I don't know why that didn't work. I don't know why this isn't happening. I don't know, blah, 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 on and on and on and on. You're the inputter. If you didn't input the correct input, and maybe as you were going along with your numbers and you didn't realize it, but you clicked on one and you hit the delete button and it disappeared. It's not the program's fault. It is not the soil's fault. It is not the programmer's fault. It's the input's fault. And that's why the word says examine yourself. Are you with me? Okay. I don't want to belabor that point too much. But the more time we spend dissecting the seed and looking it over, you're going to keep it out of the soil. And the longer it's going to be before you can put in the sickle of your mouth to reap it. Now, when I talk about the sickle of your mouth to reap it, it's obvious we all have a mouth. And we think we know how to use it because we use it all the time, don't we? Okay, I'm not going there. Thank you. Thank you. But all the time, we always say what we want. We say what we need. We say what we desire. We say what we hope for. But not as much said out of a position of believing in our heart. See, and this is what the soil needs to grow in you. The position of believing in your heart. You're trying to get a manifestation out of that seed. And you don't even believe that seed. Yeah. You're saying it. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'm desiring. I don't know why it's taking On and on and on and on. But are you speaking from a position of faith? Yeah. Because it's only when you speak from a position of faith that out of your mouth comes the forces of life. Yes. Are you with me? You don't have to turn over there, but in Joel... We'll go over there later. But in Joel chapter 2, he talks about the early rain and the latter rain. You all know that verse, right? Well, what's the difference between early rain and latter rain? I mean, rain is rain. It's the same rain. They just come down in different measures. So the early rain could be a light drizzle, but the latter rain is a strong downpour. Same rain, different measures. Is that right? If God is increasing his measure in the way he's pouring out, then we need to increase our measure in the way we receive. And how do we receive? By faith. So maybe the faith that you had was able to receive a light drizzle. And you're happy. Oh, this is good. This is great. This is is wonderful. And I've got all of this working great. But there's the downpour. And I'm not under the downpour because my faith is keeping me under the drizzle. If God's going to increase his measure of outpouring, then we have to increase our measure of receiving, which is to increase faith. Well, Pastor, I have faith. And you know you don't. Because you're thinking about the faith. And this is what you run into with people. When you talk to people about needing to have faith, I have faith. No, you believe that Jesus is Lord. That is the faith. That's not the just shall live by faith. The just are to live by faith, not the faith. The faith is what saved you. Jesus is Lord. That is the rock of salvation. That is the faith. The doctrine of faith that saves you. So that faith everybody has if you're in the kingdom of God. But that's not the just shall live by faith. Because don't forget that when the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, he wrote to the believing Romans and said the righteous man is to live by faith. Not the faith, but by faith. So that faith can increase. You can have drizzle faith or you can have outpouring faith. And don't even try to convince me you have Outpouring faith when your life shows you got dripping faith. Please. Are you with me? Just own up and say, I need to grow. I need to develop. I need to increase. I need more. Thank you, Jesus. Are you with me? Because if you don't own up to it, you'll never change. And change is what God is all about. Because the more that we change, the more the blessing of God can come on us if I hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord my God being careful to do all that he commands me to do, then all these blessings will come upon me. Amen. You say, well, Pastor, that's Old Testament. Well, it's in the New Testament too. It's called obedience. You know, obedience hasn't changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Now, this verse is talking about all manner, all different types of giving, okay? And he says, Give, and it will be given to you, and they will pour into your lap, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Now, that is about anything. You know, the Bible says, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. Isn't that right? So, You know, it's sowing and reaping. Whatever a man sows, this he will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. If you you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life. You know, it's what you sow is what you reap. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he shall reap. A man's harvest in life depends entirely and wholly and only on what he sows. So you can sow friendship. You can sow good deeds. You can sow money. You can sow all kinds of things. Sow good words. Sow a helping hand. You can sow all kinds of things. Today, we're just talking about finances. But you can look at it wherever you need to look at it, whatever the Spirit of God deals with you about. By your measure, it will be measured to you in return. It's the measure of capacity. The measure of capacity that we receive is based on the measure of capacity that we give. It's measured back to me in likewise capacity to that which I give. All right, the word capacity means a maximum amount that can be contained. It's not what we think can be contained, but what actually can be contained. How many of you ever raked leaves in your, ha- in your, front, in your lawn? Yeah. A couple of people. The rest of you are like, I ain't touching those things. <laughs> but you take leaves and you put them in that leaf bag and you fill it all up and it comes all the way up to the top and you're like, I need another bag. No, you need to press it down, shake it, and get it to go down some more and then you can put more in. And then you press it down and you shake and you can get more in there and it gets more and more and more. So it's not so much what you think the capacity is, but what actually can be contained. If I'm in need of a glass of water, I cannot come to you with a little thimble and expect to receive back a full glass of water. Here's a thimble. I need a glass of water. Well, what am I going to get back? A thimble thimble of water, right? If I give a thimble, I'm going to get back a thimble. If I want somebody to fill up a gallon jug for me, I can't hand them a quart container and say, put a gallon in here. It's not going to work. I have to increase my quart container to a one-gallon container in order to receive a gallon in return. Now, God's not giving you back what you bring to him. He's giving back good measure, measure. pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So if I bring God a thimble, God will give me a thimble back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Can you see that? All right, so if I give to him a glass, he'll give me back a glass, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If I give him a gallon container, he'll give me a gallon's worth back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When we bring him our container, it's empty. When he gives it back to us, it's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. So for God to increase his measure back to us, we increase our measure in giving to him. Amen. Amen. Now God is ready to pour out in greater measures, but we have to put ourselves in position to receive all he has by increasing our measure of giving. There's one that scatters, but yet increases all the more. Isn't that right? So if we choke on our increasing our capacity to give, the same is going to be measured back to us. If we limit ourselves in the measure of our giving, then we will limit ourselves in the measure we can receive. Oh, no, Pastor, you know, you can just give me, and no, you won't be able to receive it. If we choke and do not give, then we will choke when we don't receive. If we choke... And do not increase our giving, then we will choke because our receiving will not increase. So, how do we remove limitations? Increase on our side the things that we do. What is it that's keeping you from obeying God? What if God's dealt with you about increasing your measure of giving? And you're like, eh, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. I, you know, I, what's going to be left for me, Peter? You know, we can come up with all kinds of things about why we don't want to obey God, right? But it's obedience that opens the door to the blessing. It's not an external problem. It's an internal issue. Thoughts, maybe a deception in an area, maybe our reasonings, walking by sight. You know, it's like, God says, I want you to give this, and you're like, but that's all I have. He says, I didn't ask you for more than what you have. The woman that gave two mites, she gave out of her living. She didn't give out of her abundance. And she got honor from the Lord. Giving out of her giving, I mean, out of her living, rather than out of her abundance. Are you with me? And we're not talking about works. This doesn't mean, okay, well, I'm going to just start giving a whole lot more. No, you got to do it by faith. Yeah. So what do you have to do? Put the word in your heart. you got to get the word in there to grow. you got to get that word to do. How do you do that? Keep it in there. How do you keep it in there? Talking it, meditating it, pondering it. There's one that scatters and yet increases all the more. There's one that scatters and yet increases all the more. There's one that scatters and yet increases all the more. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. It's pondering the word of God over and over again. It's better than the garbage you listen to on TV, Netflix, or anyplace else. They ain't doing not nothing for you. They are not incre- increasing your, oh, but you know, I had a busy day. I just need to chill out. You need the word of God because your chilling out is putting you in freeze mode. Yes, You're so cold, yeah. <laughs> the word can't even get in there. Right. Right <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joel chapter 2. So it's growing in faith. We have to grow in faith. Faith is what needs to be grown. Stop trying to grow the manifestation. Anybody can do that by the arm of the flesh. Just toil, just work, steal, rob, do whatever you have to do, but the work of the flesh can make it happen. But cursed is the man that trusts in flesh. Joel chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. He says, And I will make up for you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the creeping locust, the stripping locust, the gnawing locust, my great army which I sent among you. And you will have plenty to eat and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Then my people will never be put to shame. God's a God of restoration. He's about to turn some things around. It's the day of the latter rain. He is restoring in a greater measure and greater capacity. It's time of rapid reproduction, quick growth, and greater reaping. Amen. Amen. It's time to do more, more, more. do more, get more, reach more. Do more, get more, reach more. Do more, get more, reach more. Well, if I get more, I'll do more. You're backwards. Do more, get more. Yeah. Do more, get more, reach more. That's Amen. Easy. Removing limitations. Removing ourselves from the world system of dealing with finances, which is totally limited. The world system is totally limited. I know you're looking at the stock market and everything, and it's always been in the green for quite a while and stuff. It's fixed. It's about ready to, the bottom's going to fall out. It's ready to. You say, oh, that's fear. That ain't fear. I'm telling you what's going on. You think that that thing's stable? That thing ain't stable. There's nothing in the world system that's stable. Nothing at all. Jesus said you need to store up where the moths cannot enter in, where thieves cannot break in and steal, and get yourself connected to heaven instead of in the world. To overflow in the world, you got to be one of the few, they call the elites. But in the kingdom of God, it's for everybody. Now, it looks like in the kingdom of God that only a few can do good because only a few tithe, mm-hmm. only a few sow, and only a few believe. You've got to allow the soil to produce the faith. Yes, you, getting Netflix in your spirit will not help you. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're watching on TV, getting that in your spirit is not going to help you. All of a sudden, you start talking like the things you've been listening to. It's not going to help you. You need the word. You need the word. You know, people look at somebody like Brother Copeland and go, oh, Brother Copeland, you know, he's really special. I mean, God's treated him really well. He's doing so good. And No, he's been in the word and not on TV for the last 60 years. Amen. What you put in, you are what you eat. Eat the word. If you eat the word, you'll become the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Where was that? I was going to read something to you. I was reading this to Pastor Nid last night. Don't, don't scare. I won't scare you. These are the days... That faith is designed for. If this scares you, this is a notice to you. You're not in faith. You need help. You have to understand that. If fear comes, it's because you're not in faith. If all the nonsense that you've been looking at for the last couple of years out there, if that bothers you, you're not in faith. You're so busy living by what you see out there and what you hear out there that you're not living by faith. the very basics of faith is, I live by faith, not by, well, it works in everything. What are you listening to? If that's bothering you, you're not in faith. Hey, let me read this to you. If I can get around all the pictures of the Ukrainian girls that they're trying to send to you. Uh, If you earned $1 per second, it would take 11 days to make a million dollars. If you earned $1 per second, it would take 31 and a half years to make a billion dollars. If you earned $1 per second, it would take 31,688 years to make a trillion dollars, which is how enormous a trillion dollars is. But our wonderful politicians think it's okay to put 400-whatever-trillion. We need 400 trillion We need 4 trillion. Whatever it is. Are you with me? In a matter of months, from the founding of the U.S., it took over 227 years to print the first 6 trillion dollars. But in just a matter of months recently, the U.S. government printed more than $6 trillion. And during that period, the U.S. money supply increased by a whopping 41%. This is how much they printed. The Fed and its apologists and the media assured the American people that its actions would cause severe price increases. But unfortunately, it didn't take long to prove that absurd assertion false. The Fed's action mounted to the biggest monetary explosion that has ever occurred in the US. You know who the Fed is, right? It's the central bank. So, the Fed has a very serious problem, or the central bank has a very serious problem. Who is the central bank? It's the ones we borrow money from. The U.S. government is fast approaching the financial endgame. It needs to raise interest rates to combat out-of-control inflation. But it can't raise the interest rates because it will bankrupt the whole system. The whole fiat money system is totally done. Done. They have no choice but to reset the system. That's what governments do when they're trapped. So think of it like this. You've got, you play, how many of you ever played board games? Okay, you're playing a board game, but you're playing a board game with a little spoiled child. And rather than admit that he's losing, he'll take that board and flip it over. And say, I'm done playing this game. Isn't that right? Well, that's what the governments are going to do now because they are financially checkmated. They can't win even in their own rigged game. And now they're left with the choice of either losing power or flipping the board. Since power does not relinquish itself voluntarily, we should presume they're going to flip the board. The current monetary system is on its way out. Even the central bankers running the system can see that. So they are preparing for what comes next as they attempt to reset the system. I, I suspect it can go down very soon. Now, here's where you need to pray. you pray? Yes. Then this is what you need to pray for. When they flip that board, it's going to result in an enormous wealth transfer from you. Nuh-uh. Not the wealth transfer you're thinking of. This is going to produce a wealth transfer from you to the parasitical class. The parasites, it's going to flip the money from you to the parasites, the politicians, the central bankers, and those that are connected to them. Now, the system's coming down because we're moving back over onto the gold asset back system, right. getting off the fiat system. If the patriots control the reset, the money will come back to you. If the elites control the reset, the money will go to them. You need to pray. God has a plan. We understand this. God has a plan, and God is working on this. But you need to be in prayer and believe in God in this area. Because the angels even, thank you, Jesus, the angels will even gain strength as you continue to declare the word of God. See, you've got to pray about these things. You don't need to be sitting there listening to all this nonsense and let it put fear into you. It's not the idea. I didn't share this with you to put fear into you. Again, if it puts fear into you, you have to check up on your faith. Because it should not put fear into you if you know your God and you know what God's plans are. This country was founded, founded by God. Man cannot destroy it. Man cannot save it. Man is useless in these areas. When the time comes and it's the end times, God will then turn this country. Well, how do you know it isn't the time? It isn't the time. Well, how do you know that? Because we're still here. That's why. We're still here. So it's not the end time. Now, if we were gone out of here tomorrow, then what happens here? Who really cares? Are you kidding me? We're gone. So you understand what I'm saying to you? It's a whole rigged system. You can't play in that system and think you're going to get ahead. You can't depend on that system and think it's going to be good for you. Amen. Amen. we got to remove ourselves from the world system of dealing with finances because the system is totally limited. But God, God God has a better plan for you. Amen. Amen. God supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus, not according to the riches that's in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go over to Haggai, Haggai chapter 2. Verses 7 through 9. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Yes, he, is. he said, I will shake all the nations. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. Considering that it's been 45 years since Elvis died. there been a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> I will shake all the nations and they will come with the wealth of all nations. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. This is what you got to understand. The silver is his, the gold is his, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory will be greater than the former glory. Well, the former house had great glory, but the latter house will be even abundantly greater. And what is the glory that he's talking about in this Particular, the wealth. Yeah. The silver is mine, the gold is mine. That's what he's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Our capacity to receive this increases as we increase our capacity in giving by faith, yeah. by faith. The soil will produce it. Thank you, Lord. King David gave away $52 billion for the building of the temple and he still had a lot left over. Great wealth is not a new thing. It's not a thing of the new millennium or a new generation. Great wealth is a God thing. It's always been a God thing. It's been around for a long time, and God wants us to catch up to it in these days. Amen. We have to awaken and receive back what the nations took hold of while we were being deceived about wealth. That's why he started off by saying, I will shake the nations. Grow faith. Don't grow your want, your need, your desire. Now, want, need, and desire is, is a place where things can start, but you've got to grow faith in those areas. Build faith into your life. Sowing that seed, put it in the soil, keep it in the soil. Don't let it depart from your sight. Keep it in the midst of your heart. The Word of God, go over to Ezekiel chapter 28. Verses 15 and 16. Ezekiel 28. Now, this is talking about Lucifer. Lucifer, who was the anointed cherub, and he was actually the son of the dawn, it tells us in Isaiah. And um, he was actually God's right hand man. He was the anointed cherub. Isn't that right? But what does the Word of God tell us about money? That it's the root of all evil. Isn't that right? I'm sorry, not money. The love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Well, here in Ezekiel 28, verse 15 and 16, talking about Lucifer. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. Now, I had somebody tell me one time, well, you know, if sin's in the world, God created sin. How could sin get here if God didn't create it? Right there. It was found in you. It was made in Lucifer because of what he did. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as profane from the mountain of God and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. By the abundance of your trade, or another translation says, by your merchandise, the abundance of your merchandise, You were internally filled with violence, and you sinned. There's not even a mention of pride until the next verse or two verses. This is what caused him to sin, the abundance of his merchandise or the love of stuff, the love of money. That's why the love of money is the root of all evil, because that's what's created sin, and it began with Lucifer. His eye was on the things and was no longer on God as his maker. That's the love of of money. It's stuff without God. That's what the love of money is all about. It is not sinful to, to allow God the pleasure of giving you his kingdom. It gives him great pleasure to do that, doesn't it? It is not evil to use money to fulfill God's purposes and plans on the earth. In fact, we are told in the word of God to be found faithful in the use of unrighteous mammon. So we're supposed to use it. God's purpose is also to take care of us. So it's not a bad thing that there is money to take care of us. And many people are not grateful because of the spreadsheet thing. They think they figured out the answers. They think they produced it all on their own. And they're not grateful. Huh? Amen. But this is why sin entered in. Lucifer, because of the love of his stuff, he thought he had it all together because he thought he created all that. Look at what I've done. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't matter if he gathered up $60 trillion worth of gold. God said the gold is his. (laughs) The silver is his. You wouldn't even have any if it wasn't for him. Are you with me? Matthew chapter 13. Everybody good? Matthew 13, verse 19. Talking about removing limitations, understanding some things. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. Too many times we try to understand, compute, and figure out the word of God. We reason it in our minds. And in doing so, we don't accept the word of God. In fact, we probably even forget it. It's called the side of the road. Seed was sown beside the road. You're on the side of the road. You're not on the road. You're on the side of the road. It's called reasoning. Reasoning is the lowest capacity trying to function in God's word. It's the lowest capacity of trying to function in God's word. They heard the word, but they did not understand it. They didn't have insight. They didn't perceive it. You know, Hebrews 11 tells us by faith we understand. By faith I understand it. It's not by reason. It's by faith. By faith I understand this. Amen? Verses 20 and 21. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. So here's something that you need to understand. If you're studying the word, you're taking hold of the word, You're deciding to believe God in his word. When those afflictions or persecutions come, it's because of that word. And it's come to steal the word from you. Amen. Well, what happens is, is that when the afflictions and the persecutions start to come, we start operating in our minds, trying to figure out what is going on here. But yet, if you read the Bible, you'll know exactly what's going on. It's like, I'm not fooled by this. I remember back in 1995, and the Lord told us that ICFM would become our storehouse, and we decided our tithe is now going to ICFM every month. And as soon as we made that decision and started going in that direction, financial uh, problems hit the church. And I sat in my chair at the office, and I'm like, are you kidding me? you got to be kidding me. You think I can't see what you're doing. And no, we just went back and declared what the word of God said, spoke what God said to us, and told the devil he had no right, he had no place, and the old bonehead had to hit the road. That's right. Amen. 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 That's why God gives you his word so you can go back to his word and take authority over that affliction and persecution. So. If you let go of the word, the word gets stolen, and we fail to increase in our capacity. So as much as reason is the lowest capacity to try to function in God's word, emotion is a low capacity. Reasoning is the lowest, but emotion is the next lowest. Verse 22. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. This person has the word working somewhat in their life. Then they start getting into reasonings, and they start wondering about things. Well, how am I going to take care of all this stuff I've got? I mean, I've got stuff coming. I've got to take care of this stuff. And they start worrying. Then they start looking at different avenues, and they start believing money is their answer. And then they get themselves under great pressure running after other methods to bring in their answers, which is idolatry. Let me say that again. Running after other methods other than God to fulfill what you need is idolatry. You are putting something before God and it's an idol and the altar needs to be torn down. If you wander from the Word, the Word will get choked. Trying to receive the Word in this situation is average capacity where you start wondering and start looking at other avenues. You have an average capacity of receiving the word. It produced some, but that was it. Verse 23. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold Some 60 and some 30. Of all the word that was sown in this whole parable of the sower, only 25% produced. It says here that he heard the word and he understands it, which means he's able to put it all together. To understand how it all works based on insight, perception in his heart. The word was sown. I keep it in my heart. It's going to grow. How? I don't know. But I will keep it in my heart, and the soil will produce on its own. Yeah. I'll keep it in there, keep it in there, keep it in there. I'll water it by meditating on it, thinking about it, pondering it. I'll fertilize it. I'll, I, 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 I'll use the anointing of the Spirit of God on it to let it grow. And it will produce yeah. because that's what the soil's programmed to do. Yeah. See, he understands that. He's put the pieces together. Stay with the word that's in your heart and get out coming out of your mouth. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the forces of life. Out of your heart, not out of your head, out of your heart flows the forces of life. It's not, and you hear this all the time, well, I know what the word says, or I know what the word says, but you're not saying it. Huh? You're saying the word you believe continually in circumstances is what's going to change things. The word of God you say continually in circumstances. It's not what the word says unless you're saying it. And it's not like I said it before, saying it. Saying it. Saying it. Well, Pastor, I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. I mean, how much do I have to keep saying it? Well, you turn off the TV, you might find you have more time. But maybe manifestations are not that important in your life. Maybe you're just happy with the way things are going. Maybe you're satisfied with the drip or the drizzle. You can't be. Watch over your heart with all diligence, the word in your heart and out of your mouth, saying the word you believe continually in your circumstances. Why? Because that's what I believe. Circumstances don't change what you believe. See, if Peter believed he could walk on the water, circumstances wouldn't have changed that. Jesus believed he could walk on the water and it didn't matter how how big the storm was. He's walking. When you believe it, circumstances don't change it. That's how you knew a lot of people were not in faith when the economy tanked in 2008. Well, it's tanking right now. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to set your faith at? In the parable of the sower, every person here heard the word. Some produced, some did not. Some increased in their capacity, some did not. Why? Some did not understand they needed to keep the seed in the soil. They let the affliction steal it. They let the persecution steal it. They didn't even get it in their heart to begin with. It was on the side of the road. They were reasoning about it, trying to figure it out. The other one had worry, the deceitfulness of riches, the love of money. Let that steal it away. They didn't keep it in the soil. They didn't all understand that. The man of understanding knew how it worked. He kept the seed in the soil, and the soil produced of itself. Some hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. See, that's the highest capacity that you can walk in. This is what removes all limitations. The Apostle Paul said it this way, I've learned the secret. I have learned the secret. I know how to uh, uh, abound, and I know how to be abased. I know how to live in abundance, and I know how to live in lack. The secret is I can do all things through Christ, through the word of God. I can do all things. Doesn't matter because I don't set myself on abundance and I don't set myself on lack. I don't set myself on prosperity and I don't set myself on abasement. I don't set myself on any of that. I am set, focused and I'm looking at Jesus and I'm believing what his word says. And that's what I'm walking in no matter what goes on around me. I don't trust my abundance and I don't care about lack. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 15. This is the account of the prodigal son and his brother. Verse 25, you know the account, the prodigal son got his inheritance, left home, sp- squandered all of his money, eaten with the pigs, and then decided, I'm going to go home and be a slave in my father's house because slaves live better than me. Slaves didn't have any of the inheritance, but they're still living better than he did, when he and he had the inheritance, but squandered it all away. In verse 25 to 30, So now the prodigal son has come home. The father's welcomed him. He gave him the ring. He gave him the robe, Put the shoe's on his feet, and they're having a a festival and rejoicing because the son has come home. It says, now his oldest son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. We're going to go on all the way to verse 30. And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed a fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry, was not willing to go in, and his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I have been serving you and I've never neglected a command of yours. And yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you kill the fatted calf for him. Well, the way he talked to his father, he had a servant's mentality and was very self-righteous. It was disgusting. Self-righteous just stinks to the highest of heaven's. He thought he deserved the best because of his good works, just like somebody under the law. He had the lowest capacity for increase. He did not accept his position as a son and did not understand that he could partake of all that his father had. And he was out working with the servants. And he forgot he was even a son. He thought that he was not worthy to ask the father for anything thinking it had to be a sovereign act on the Father's part in order for him to partake of anything at all. In fact, if you go on verse 31 31 and 32, And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and has lost and has been found. So he said in verse 31, All that is mine is yours. Isn't that right? You've always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. So the brother didn't understand that he could have gotten a calf at any time and celebrated with his friends. He thought he couldn't ask the father for anything. And he thought it would have to all be up to the father of whether he got something or not. Huh? That's good. This means he put great limitations on his father. And only his basic needs were met. Basic needs being met is not walking in the promises of God. You're in the wilderness. God wants you to have an abundance. Yes, he does. Oh, no, pastor, that's not for all of us. Well, tell God that. Tell him. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell him. And you know what he'll say? You can have what you say. Only his basic needs were met. With a very low capacity to receive, the father had no chance to measure back to his son with any capacity. Yeah, he totally limited father. And we can't allow that to happen with our God. No, no. We have to remove all limitations. Yeah, no. Now the world, just like the prodigal mm-hmm. son, says I'll take it, I'll use it, I'll spend it. It's wrongly used and It's wa- wasted. And the body of Christ still thinks, God wants me to have it. He'll give it to me. It's time for the church to wake up to their rights, their privileges, their inheritance, and that which has been given to them. Amen. Amen. No. And then when the world increases, we get jealous. Well, why are they increasing? Why do they get it? I didn't get nothing. Because you didn't take anything. You didn't believe for anything. You're just sitting there wishing that God would just pour something out on you. And God's going, oy they, when are they going to get with the program? <laughs> Deuteronomy 28, 11 says, The Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body, the offspring of your beast, and the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. God's desire is that we increase in prosperity increase in our family, increase in our possessions, and increase in all that we put our hand to. If the prodigal son could get his inheritance and leave home, we can get our inheritance and stay home. Amen. 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 God can do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. Isn't that right? God is more than enough. He's the all-sufficient one. He's El Shaddai. He's not El Chipo. He's more than enough. He's extravagant. He's over the top. Glory to God. We have to increase our capacity. Get our hopes up. Get our capacity of our cups up. You can increase from a 2-ounce cup to a 44-ounce cup to a gallon jug and so on and so on and so on. And raise up the capacity of your cup to God and say, God, fill it up. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, and he will pour out to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. Amen. Get the big cups out. These are bigger than what you can get at Circle K. (laughs) 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 Amen. It's time to remove limitations, you know. You know, it's simple things. You know, when um, we would go to a restaurant, and you remember when the tips used to be 10%. Okay, some of you may not remember that, but I'm telling you, it used to be 10%. And then it went up to 15%. And then it goes up to 20%. Now they give you a receipt that says 20%, 22%, 25%. And then I started increasing my giving to 30%. I got quiet. Then I started increasing tips to 40%. Now many times I'll go out to eat now, and I'll leave a tip. 50% of the bill. I'm getting to the point where it's going to be the whole bill. We'll just double it. It's giving. It's giving. Now, if you're going to choke on that, then you're going to choke on what you receive. Because I believe everything is an avenue and an opportunity to give. Amen. Amen. So, it's all about where you're at. And you might be at the place of a 15% tip. And you may have to start believing God to increase it to 17%. I like the round numbers because it's easier to figure it out. You know, it's 17, 15. I'll just move it up and go to the round numbers and it's easy. Cut it in half and double it 20%. You know. So, depending on where you're at. And you may know that there are areas (coughs) that needs to increase on where you can give more. Mm -hmm. You know, as soon as our mortgage is paid off, we're increasing our giving into ministries and what goes on around the world. We're increasing that. Amen. We were starting to increase even before this happened, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like on a regular basis, but it was as we could or as I could believe God, and we'd start increasing into other ministries, and then we would take one on on a monthly basis, but continue to give into other ministries and believe in God, and now those ministries that we were giving in that way, now we'll start doing on a regular basis. Amen. Because I don't know about you, but I want the end to come. Yes. I really do. This gospel will be preached yes, Lord. in the whole earth as a witness, and then the end shall come. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Well, if you want to give more, I mean, if you want to receive more, you have to give more. give more, okay? So your faith, see, you, it, it, you have to stop trying to, build your faith to receive although you do need faith to receive but you got to start over here and where you start to build your faith to give more Uh Uh and as you start to build your faith to give more you will receive more are you with me why do you build your faith to receive so the devil don't steal from you because he'll want to steal your harvest from you but no he can't steal because we know what belongs to us Isn't that right? Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So last week, I think it was, I told you that our mortgage was down to $9,063. And then $3,000 was pledged for this week. $100 was sent in during the week. And somebody walked in and gave us $1,000. They don't even go to church here. So our mortgage is now down to $4,963. Yeah. Amen. So uh, this could be the last chance you have to sow. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, we are doing a celebration on September 11th, because it's going to be paid. Do you believe that? Amen. So we're going to host a luncheon Uh, to celebrate the payoff of the church mortgage and it's going to be on September 11th and everything will be provided for you. You don't have to bring anything, you don't have to do anything, all you have to do is develop an appetite. And I'll keep you in church long so you'll be extra hungry to eat. (laughs) Was that a laugh or a moan? (laughs) Oh, Father, we just bless you, Father. We love you, we adore you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you do. Thank you for your wonderful plan. Thank you for all that you have set up in your kingdom, that you reveal them to us through your Spirit so that we can walk in that which you have prepared. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Father, that you've shown us what the kingdom is like so that we can walk in, partake of, and do our part in functioning in the kingdom so that you would have the freedom to do your part. Holy Spirit, help us, show us where we need to increase in these things, where we need to grow faith in these things, so that we can take hold of your word, put it in our heart, keep it in our heart, water it with meditating on the word and pondering the word and thinking about the word, that we'll water it by speaking that word into our heart more and more and more, So that when it comes alive, it comes out in faith. It comes out of our mouth full of believing. And therefore, we'll start acting on that which we believe. And we will have the increased results that your word brings. Father, I thank you that we are good soil. For you have made each and every one of us. You have remade us in Christ and made us to be in his image. And Lord, I just thank you. That because our spirit is good soil, I thank you, Father, that your word goes into that good soil. And that good soil produces and brings forth and bears fruit into our life. Father, we thank you for it. We bless you. We praise you for that and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. So as you're giving today, if you want to sow an extra seed into the final payoff of the mortgage, then you can do so. Just mark your envelope or your check uh, building fund, and uh, we'll take care of that for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is good. God is good. If you need an envelope, for credit card or cash giving, it'd be on the seat back in front of you. If not, then just raise your hand. The ushers will serve you. Thanks again on live stream for joining us. And uh, I do pray that the Word of God has really touched you and brought increase to you in your believing that your capacity raises up so that as your capacity grows up, that your capacity increases, your ability to receive increases also. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, into the building fund, the payoff of the mortgage, then you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, click on the giving link, Thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. If there's anything at all that we can stand and prayer with you about, please let us know. It is always an honor and a privilege to believe God for our partners so that your needs will be met. Amen. Amen. And one more. Harvest Festival is coming up on October 31st, and that's where we uh, open up our...